It's the 2022 World Cup. It's Serbia's players. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin and today we'll be looking at Serbia's squad for the 2022 World Cup. Uh, this preamble is going to be the same for every media cast we do in the player series. So those familiar with it can jump ahead to around uh, three and a half to four minutes uh, when we begin to talk about the team. And those times for each section are at the top of the show notes. And for YouTube watchers, there's a handy dandy little uh, bar along the bottom, uh, as well as a timestamp that you can click on to go directly to that point. For those uh, looking for a quick version of this, you can skip to near the end of the media cast here, the last 10 minutes where we summarize the likely starters. And uh, prior to that, with about uh, 25 or 30 minutes remaining, we'll have some discussion on the squad. So the main issues with the squad, their club affiliations, uh, some statistics and an overview of new injured and outgoing players. Uh, we'll also be editing this media cast into a shorter version for those who are just looking for an overview. But for those looking for a deeper dive, you've come to the right place. Uh, we go through the players and how likely they are to make it to the final squad. And we explain why we think so and give information on each player's history and standing with the squad. And the way we do this is by first organizing the players into their designated position. And uh, we always note that these are a bit artificial since players do not always play in their coded positions. Uh, but nevertheless, it's a good way to organize the discussion. And um, then we go through the players and share some of the data we've collected in our soccer files. And using that data, we try to predict how likely the player is to make the team based mostly on their recent participation. We categorize them into definite, likely, possible, possible but unlikely, and seems to be off the squad. And we also mention big players who have recently retired and make note of any who are currently injured. And we finish with a quick run through of the squad again and try to determine which players will be the starters. Okay, and for those following on YouTube, we run a very simple graphic where we list the names and you can actually see the players' names. Uh, as my tongue tries to navigate its way around the uh, Serbian names here. And it's the same media cast for the audio podcast, so we're going to try to repeat the names a few times to help listeners familiarize themselves uh, with those names so that you know who it is who is stepping onto the field. And perhaps here you can pick up a few details and impress your friends by telling them uh, something that you uh, heard about here. And that's as much as we can do at this point, but the uh, rosters are going to be published. And uh, when they are, we'll do an update episode on teams and on players. Um, well, that'll be one cast for teams and players. Uh, for the players, it'll essentially be going over our predictions, updating them based on the games played to that point, and revealing which players were selected. So keep your eye out for that uh, probably in mid-November. Okay, let us move on uh, to uh, takeaways from previous podcasts. Well, uh, Serbia was the only European team not part of the uh, Euro 2020, so we didn't do um, we didn't do a podcast on them in 2021 there. Uh, but we have done a podcast on the groups here. So Group uh, G, there is a full length version and a 
shortened version of that podcast available. And here are some of the uh, things that came out of it. So I'll detail the ones kind of based on the team here. And then I'll just introduce the ones based more on players. So uh, in the podcast, we discussed, uh, or we discussed uh, Serbia being a legacy of Yugoslavia. So they're far from a new team to international soccer, despite the name Serbia being relatively new um, to international soccer. Uh, Yugoslavia had a long history in the cup, and that was detailed in the full-length podcast. Uh, Serbia made up 40% of the population of Yugoslavia, and FIFA regards Serbia as the team carrying forward that legacy uh, through their political changes, which saw them named uh, Yugoslavia FR, uh, Serbia and Montenegro, Montenegro, and uh, now just Serbia. So, um, legacy of Yugoslavia, but in terms of uh, Yugoslavia's intermittent success, it's uh, really Croatia, uh, which made up only 20% of the former Yugoslavia in terms of population, Croatia that has followed Yugoslavia's pattern of intermittent success. So their third place finish in 1998 World Cup and the second place finish in 2018 is reminiscent of Yugoslavia's pattern Serbia have reached most of the World Cups, but have been knocked out in the group stages, and they haven't been reaching Euro Cups, so therefore haven't enjoyed uh, the intermittent success of their predecessors. Oh, sorry, I forgot to put up the graphic for intermittent success. And uh, the third kind of team-based one is, uh, are Serbia a weak European team? Well, they're the only European team that didn't reach the 2020 Euro Cup, as we mentioned. And they're the only one that are not in the A-League of the 2022-23 uh, Euro Nations League. Uh, they're in the B-League. However, in terms of rankings, they do rate among the European teams here. Um, they're ranked, uh, I think, around 19 in FIFA and 25 in ELO, which is, uh, you know, comparable to other European teams in the World Cup. Uh, some other teams, I should say. And, uh, you know, that, that uh, rise in ranking actually is partly a result of finishing ahead of Portugal in qualifying for this Cup. So they are here and uh, they earned their place here by uh, taking first place over Portugal, narrow though it was in the final game there. Um, so um, uh, whether they're a weak European team, I guess, remains to be seen in the results of this cup. Um, a couple of more player-based issues. Uh, they went through a formation change after the World Cup. We'll be talking about that in the next section, actually, and uh, we'll come back to it at the end. And finally, uh, kind of related to that, I suppose, we had... Uh, a swath of defensive players retiring after the 2018 uh, World Cup. Now, we didn't see how the team was progressing uh, in Euro 2020 as we did with most of the other teams. Uh, so it's four years since the World Cup. But uh, they did have a lot of players retiring uh, directly after the World Cup there. All right, let's move on to uh, formations for recent games. And because they didn't start, uh, or they didn't play in Euro 2020, we're going to go back to uh, World Cup 2018 uh, qualification. Just take a look at their lineups there. It is significant. So uh, in World Cup 2018, we saw that uh, they played three games there, so didn't pass the group stage. And every game, uh, it was a 4-2-3-1 formation. 
So uh, pay particular attention to the fact that it was a four-man defensive line uh, because after the World Cup, uh, that changed. So uh, let's take a look at World Cup qualifying games and we see that it is a three-man defense all the way. Uh, a few different formations, a, a 3-4-1-2 uh, was the most common. They used that four times. And a 3-2-2-2-1, two, 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 uh, which they used twice. And then um, a 3-5-2, uh, well, uh, uh, once, and a 3-5-1-1 once. So uh, twice with five uh, midfielders across the middle. Uh, in friendly, so they had three friendly games, and um, let me just tell you which teams they were. Uh, it was at home to Qatar, and away to Hungary, and away to Denmark, and I don't think those were all after World Cup qualifying. I think one of them was uh, near the end of World Cup qualifying. Uh, anyway, in, that, in those games, we see a 3-2-2-2-1 uh, against Qatar, a 3-2-4-1. And then a three-four-two-one, so a bit of experimentation uh, in the formation there. And finally, we have the four Nations League games that they played in June, and uh, that was a bit more consistent. Um, it was a three-four-two-one uh, in three of the games, and then a slight change—a three-four-one-two. Uh, so two forwards and one attacking midfielder rather than two attacking midfielders and one forward. And uh, that was just in one of the games, the 3-4-1-2. So that seems to kind of be their preferred formation. I guess if you want to keep something in mind uh, during this podcast, I would think of a 3-4-2-1 uh, or perhaps a 3-4-1-2 um, uh, as we go through the uh, team here. And speaking of that, we will uh, do that, starting with the manager. So uh, we have Dragan Stoichkov um, leading the team through the cup here. And he has been with the national team since 2021. So they made a change uh, last year. And uh, not a lot of experience as a manager there uh, for Dragan Stoichkov. Um, he was with Guangzhou R&F in China and Nagoya Grampus in Japan. Uh, those are the only teams he managed prior to that. However, he did spend five years with each of those teams. So, um, you know, seems to have uh, um, uh, been well-liked uh, enough to keep on for, for five years there. Uh, in terms of a player, though, he is very experienced. He was the captain of the Yugoslavian team, and he played for Yugoslavia from... Uh, 1983 to 1991, and then uh, through their change to uh, FR Yugoslavia from 1992 to 2001. So an international career spanning um, 19 years uh, with 83 caps and 15 goals there. And actually the last club he played for was Nagoya Grandpa. Uh, Nagoya Grampus in Japan. He played for them for seven years from 1994 to 2001 and then came back seven years later uh, as their manager. And uh, prior to, to that um, ending his career in Japan, he played for Marseille in France and uh, Red, Grade, Red Star Belgrade in uh, Yugoslavia. 
and also uh, Radnicki Ness in Yugoslavia too. So uh, a well-storied player. He uh, participated in the 84 Euro Cup and the 1990 and 1998 uh, World Cups and in the 2000 uh, Euro Cup, uh, whether it was for Yugoslavia or at our Yugos Federal Republic of Yugoslavia. So Dragan Stojkovic, a, a famous Yugoslavian, manager of uh, Serbia here. Uh, let's uh, go through goalkeepers and the way we've been doing this now is to first introduce the names, uh, their ca uh, the candidates and their likelihood and then we go through and give a bit of information on them and we finish up with a summary of the position and uh, kind of uh, say who's been playing in the position. So for goalkeeper we have uh, three definite candidates. Uh, first one is Marko Dmitrovic and he is a definite. Uh, Pedrag Radjkovic, also a definite. And um, Vanja uh, Milinkovic-Savic, a, a definite candidate. And we have a possible candidate in Marko Ilic. And uh, a player who is possible, no, um, a player who is possible but unlikely uh, in Mili uh, Svilar. And finally, uh, actually not finally, because we're going to talk about him first, but uh, retired now, Vladimir uh, Stojkovic. Uh, but we're going to start with Vladimir Stojkovic uh, to give a bit of history. Uh, so Vladimir Stojkovic was the starting goalie for the 2010 and the 2018 uh, World Cup. Uh, he also was on the squad for the 2006 World Cup too. Uh, but he didn't see any action in that tournament. And uh, he was with, um, uh, well, Serbia and Montenegro in 2006, but uh, with the team from 2006 to 18, uh, with 83 caps. Um, uh, however, the uh, 2018 World Cup was his uh, last tournament, so he didn't play any games after that. And um, yes, again, we didn't see them in Euro 2020, so... How have things progressed since then? Well, we'll see that through the uh, candidates that we have here. So let's begin with the first definite candidate, Marko Dmitrovic. And he started three of their 20 games since 2020. Uh, he was on the bench for 12, though, and not selected for five others. So we have him as a definite candidate. But even as I'm saying this, I'm kind of thinking maybe uh, likely rather than definite. Perhaps I'll move him um, a little later. Okay, uh, Marko Dmitrovic has been with Serbia since 2017, so just before the World Cup there, and by now has 19 caps for the team and is 29 years old. And he plays for Sevilla in Spain and was with uh, much smaller clubs in Spain before that, Ibar and Alcoron, and uh, he was with Charlton in England um, from 2015 to 16, although he was uh, loaned to Al uh, Alcaron in Spain during that period. Uh, Marko Dmitrovic's first tournament was the World Cup 2018, so he made it to the squad. However, he was uh, a backup keeper 
or on the bench behind Vladimir Stoichkov, who we now know is uh, retired from the team. So Marko Dmitrovic, uh, I have him first, but I'm going to rearrange that a bit later after we look at the other ones. Uh, Predrag Radjkovic started 11 of their 20 games since 2021, and he was on the bench for seven uh, including three of the last four and not selected for three others. So certainly was the starting keeper, but a bit of doubt there uh, at the end. We'll talk about that in the summary. And uh, Petra Gradjkovic has been on the team much longer than Dimitrovic since 2013, and he has 28 caps, uh, but he's younger at 27 years old. And he plays in Spain also for Mallorca, uh, since 2022, that's a recent transfer from Stade Reims in France. And uh, he was also with Maccabi Tel Aviv in Israel from 2015 to 19, and with Red Star Belgrade in Serbia before that. We'll see that most of these players kind of come through Red Star Belgrade. So uh, Pedrag Radjkovic was the uh, third keeper for the uh, World Cup 2018. So now we've met all three, uh, again, playing behind uh, Vladimir Stoichkov. And uh, I must confess, I'm not sure who was uh, second or third string there, uh, whether it was Radjkovic or Dmitrovic. Um, but anyway, both of them on the bench and, uh, you know, kind of moving into the starting position uh, after Stoichkovic left. Finally, we have Vanja Mil Milinkovic-Savic, a hyphenated name there. And uh, he got his first cap in November 2021 and started four of their remaining six games to June 2022 and was on the bench for four others. Uh, so Vanjka Milikovic-Savic uh, has been with Serbia since 2021, as we said. Uh, he got, he's got um, then four caps uh, and is uh, 25 years old. And he plays for Torino in Italy and uh, was loaned out from that club to Standard Liège in Belgium and uh, to a couple of other teams in Italy. He also played for Lechia Gdansk in Poland in 2016 and 17 and was with Man United, Manchester United in England in 2014 and 15. He didn't play any games for them. Um, and actually, we're going to meet his brother, Sergei, uh, a little later. He also plays for the national team as a uh, in an attacking position. So uh, Van Milinkovic Savic as a definite candidate also. And I'm going to keep um, uh, Marco Dimitri where he is because even up until the end, uh, he was being selected even though um, he didn't play, he didn't start as many games as Radjkovic. Um, we don't have any likely candidates, uh, but we have a possible, so he'll have a tough time making his way past the three we've described so far. But Marco Illich is a possible candidate. He got his first cap in June 2021 and didn't start any of the remaining 14 games, but did sub in for one and was uh, on the bench for two, including the last match. So when there's a change in the last match, it always throws in a bit of doubt. But we'll see. Uh, Marko Illich has been with Serbia then since 2021 with just that one cap. And he's uh, 24 years old. And he plays for Kortrich in Belgium and uh, was with a smaller team in Serbia, Vojdovac, um, uh, before that. So Marko Illich, a possible candidate. And finally, Mile 
uh, still are. Um, he got his first cap in September 2021 and uh, actually started four of their remaining 12 games there and was on the bench for four others. However, he wasn't selected for any of the last seven matches, so seems to have drifted off the team in 2022. Uh, however, you know, kind of an interesting case there. Uh, he is 23 years old and he plays for Roma in Italy and is with Benfica in Portugal uh before that from 2017 uh 2017 to 2019 uh there and was with anderlecht in belgium too so pretty good uh, club affiliations there for mele uh, svilar um uh, but again has been off the team uh, for the last seven games. So let's uh, finish by summarizing the goalkeeper position. So uh, we did have the veteran Vladimir Stoichkov in the cup, but he retired after. And it was uh, Dimitrovic uh, for the first two World Cup qualifying games. But then Rajkovic took over for the last six World Cup qualifiers. Um, Milinovic, uh, uh, Milinkovic Savic played the first two friendlies and uh, Radjkovic played the last one. And uh, all three of them played in the Nations League games, uh, in the four Nations League games, Milinkovic-Savic playing uh, two of the four games. So quite difficult to tell uh, uh, who the starter would be. Um, Dmitrovic started after the World Cup game, so perhaps he was a second string keeper in the World Cup. And then Radjkovic was a starter for quite a while, uh, but recently Milinkovic Savic uh, seems to be uh, favoured a little bit. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe the September games will provide some, uh, uh, will shed some light on that. Let's move on to uh, defenders. And I'm going to do things a little bit differently in this podcast by beginning with uh, some key players who have left the squad. So uh, we'll talk about past defenders here. And we begin with uh, uh, Dusko Tolsic. So he's retired. Um uh, and I won't give too much detail since he's not going to be um, uh, a factor in this cup. But he last appeared for the team in the 2018 World Cup. So not a consideration for this one. And he was a starter in that cup, started and finished games one and two, but actually lost his starting position uh, for game three. So uh, Dusko Tos- uh, Tosic was with the, the national team from 2006 to 18. Uh, only 25 caps, so not one of the biggest players who are retiring. And he recently retired, actually, in 2021 from soccer on the whole, um, playing for Kastin Pasa in, in Turkey. Uh, but interestingly, he was playing under the manager, uh, the manager Dragan Stoichkovic, uh, in, uh, for Kwangju R&F in China. Uh, kind of an interesting little detail, but I won't go into his club history uh, too much there. Um, rather, I'll just kind of uh, de- describe the situation in the defense. So as we saw in formations, it was a four-man defense uh, defense in the cup, but a three-man back line after that. And really, uh, this change in formation was due to the veterans Alexander Kolarov and Branislav Ivanovich retiring after the cup. And uh, they were um, uh, a right back and a left back. And uh, there really are few candidates, as we'll soon see, uh, in that position. So I think the uh, change from four-man to three-man was forced 
by the retirement of those two uh, uh, outside backs. So uh, we'll deal with uh, Kolarov and Ivanovic when we get to talking about right backs and left backs. Uh, but in terms of the defense uh, on the whole, uh, in the center, I should say, it was uh, Milenkovic and Tosic who we met here uh, were part of the two-man central defense um, for the first two games. And then uh, Velkovic replaced Tosic in the last game. So uh, we'll see that uh, Milenkovic and Bel uh, uh, Velikovic are still active. Tosic is re retired. And uh, we'll see what the uh, defense looks like. And in fact, uh, we're going to handle that a little bit differently too, since because it is a three-man defense, we're going to divide it up into its three parts, beginning with the center uh, central defender, so the one in the middle. And for that, for that we have the following candidates. We have uh, Stefan Mitrovic. Um, you may want to be careful here because there is another Stefan Mitrovic uh, on the team, uh, I think making his way into this, the team, he has played a couple of games for Serbia, but not enough to kind of make our list here. But there might be some confusion about the name Stefan Mitrovic. And uh, Stefan Mitrovic, the central defender here, is a definite candidate. And uh, Milos Velikovic, who we saw in the cup, is also a definite candidate. Uh, and he, he actually played on the right side of the central defense three times, but we have him here because he was primarily in the center. Uh, we have a possible candidate in uh, Matija Nastasic or Mataya Nastasic, and also in Erhan Masovic, a possible candidate. So four candidates. Uh, at the center of central defense here. And we'll begin with uh, Stefan Mitrovic. He started eight of their 20 games since 2021, and he was subbed in for three and on the bench for seven. So just two matches that he wasn't selected for, and those were the first two matches in 2021. So a definite candidate here. He's been with Serbia since 2014 and has 34 caps and is 32 years old, is Stefan Mitrovic. His club is uh, Getafe in Spain. He's been there since 2021, and he's been all over Europe with Strasbourg in France, Ghent in Belgium, Freiburg in Germany, and Benfica uh, in, uh, in Portugal. Um, yeah, so... Uh, um, uh, Stefan Mitrovic. Oh no, the uh, last thing I got to cover is his uh, his tournament history. So he was not a part of the squad um, for the 2018 World Cup. He he had actually uh, returned after a 10 month absence just before the cup uh, to play two of their remaining five games. But uh, um, oh. Um, Sorry, that was not just before the Cup. That was in June 2017. Anyway, long story short, he wasn't selected for the squad, even though he was a part of the team uh, prior to that Cup. Okay, Milos Velikovic uh, had returned after an 11-month absence in September 2021 uh, to start nine of their remaining 13 games to, to um, up until June 2022. Excuse me, I had to cough there. <clears throat> uh, 
Uh, so he started nine and was subbed in for two and on the bench for one. So just one match that he wasn't selected for. As mentioned, he didn't always start as a central uh, central midfielder, centre central midfielder, uh, but played as a right one, uh, uh, right central midfielder three times, thrice. Um, Velikovic has been with the team since 2017 and he has uh, 21 caps. Um, and no goals, and he's 27 years old, and he plays for Werder Bremen in Germany, and has been there quite a while since 2016. Uh, prior to that, he was loaned to uh, Tottenham, and was actually part of Tottenham's youth club, Tottenham in England there, uh, part of their youth club, but he was loaned out to a couple of clubs uh, once uh, on the senior team of Tottenham, so to uh, Charlton and Middlesbrough in England. He was also with the um, Basel Youth Club in Switzerland from five years of age because he was born in Switzerland. So uh, Milos Velikovic, a definite candidate. We move on to Mataya Nastavtic, and he returned from a two-year absence in September 2021. Uh, I'm guessing those um, uh, uh, Velikovic and Nastavtic returning to the team in 2021 was under the new manager. Uh, Stojkovic. Anyway, uh, he returned after a two-year absence in 2021, did Nastasic, um, and, and started five of their remaining 13 games. Uh, he was subbed in for one and not selected for five, but significantly four of those five were the last four matches. So just seems to have dropped off the team uh, at the end here. Um, Nastasic has been with uh, Serbia since 2012 and has 34 caps uh, and no goals, and he is 28 years old. Uh, sorry, 29 years old. He plays for Mallorca in, in Spain. Uh, that's a recent move from Fiorentina in Italy, and he too has uh, played for a lot of teams. Uh, Schalke in Germany, Manchester City in England from 2012 to 15, and uh, Fiorentina in Italy. Uh, before moving in 2011 from Partizan, which is the other big club in Serbia. Uh, he was not part of the 2018 World Cup. Um, he was on the preliminary squad, actually, selected for the 27-man preliminary squad, but didn't make the final cup, uh, the final squad. And I should go back to Milos Velkovic, uh, because I think I forgot to talk about his tournament history. Uh, he was part of the World Cup 2018 squad, uh, appearing only in Game 3, um, which he started. All right, so Mataya Nastasic, a possible candidate, and our final one is Urhan Masovic. So Urhan Masovic saw his first appearance on the bench in June 2022. And he started one of their remaining four games uh, and was on the bench for two others. So perhaps working his way into the squad right at the end here. So that gives him one cap uh, since 2022, and he's 24 years old. So Urhan Masovic plays for Bochum in Germany, and uh, that's since 2020, and was with Club Brugge in Belgium uh, from 2017 to 20. Uh, so, uh, a couple of changes at the end there, but I'll tell you the situation in summary of center central defenders. So, we had uh, Stefan Mitrovic for uh, four games in the World Cup, 
uh, in the World Cup qualifying, I should say, including the first three. And then Mataya Nastacic coming in for two and Milos Velkovic uh, also coming in for two. And then all three of those, uh, Mitrovic, Nastacic and Velkovic, uh, each playing one of the friendlies, but uh, it seemed to sort itself out in the uh, Nations League games in June with Velkovic playing three of the games and then um, the new player, Masovic, introduced for one of them. So uh, it kind of looks like uh, Velkovic is the man for the job here. And we'll look at that uh, at the end of the podcast where we try to nominate the players who we think will start. Let's move on to uh, left central defence. So the uh, left player of that three-man back line. And we really only have one candidate here. And it is um, a definite candidate, uh, Strahinya Pavlovic. So Strahinya Pavlovic um, earned his first cap in September 2020 um, and started 15 of their 20 games since 2021. He subbed in for one and was on the bench for one and just three matches that he wasn't selected for. So Strahinja Pavlovic uh, has been with Serbia then since 2020 uh, and in that time has 21 caps and even a goal. Uh, he's just 21 years old, so very young, and plays for Red Bull Salzburg in Austria. Uh, and that's a recent move from Monaco in the French League where he played for uh, from 2020 to 22. Prior to that, uh, he was with Partizan in Serbia, which was also his youth club or his last youth club. Uh, he doesn't have any tournament experience, um, but has been, um, you know, really integrating himself into the squad and really is only the uh, uh, the only candidate here um, for uh, left central defence. And I realise my graphics are off here, so I'm just going to fix them up uh, quickly. And... We'll move on to the right central defence. Uh, right central defender, so the right player in that three-man back line. And we have two candidates here. Uh, we have Nikola Milenkovic as a definite candidate. And we have uh, Uro Spahic as a likely candidate. Let's go back and take a closer look at Nikola Milenkovic. He started 11 of their 20 games since 2021, and he was on the bench for two, uh, injured for two, and suspended for one, and not selected for four. Um, but uh, those 11 starts um, make us feel he is a uh, definite candidate. Uh, Nikola Milenkovic has been with Serbia since 2016 and has 38 caps and three goals. He's 25 years old and Nikola Milenkovic plays for Fiorentina in Italy and has done so for uh, quite a while since 2017. Prior to that he was with um, Partizan in Serbia which was also his youth club. So Nikola Milenkovic, a definite candidate. I'm uh, going to question that uh, after we do the summary because um, his numbers don't really suggest definite but suggest likely. Anyway, let's move on to Uro Spatic. So he started three of their 20 games since 2021. He was also subbed in for three and on the bench for three. Uh, but he was out with two separate injuries for six games, including the last four matches. Uh, he was out with a cruciate ligament rupture 
uh, from late April. And uh, we'll talk about him at the end. He's actually going to be a bit touch and go for making the World Cup squad here. Okay, but Uro Spahic um, has been with Serbia since 2015 and has 20 caps, and he's 29 years old. And he plays for Katin Pasa in Turkey and was with Krasnodar in Russia before that. Uh, loaned out actually to Feyenoord in Netherlands and, and then also played in Belgium and France before moving from Red Star Belgrade, which was his first club and his uh, youth club too. So Uro Spahic uh, was on the roster for the 2018 World Cup, uh, but he didn't see any action there. Actually a bit of a surprise selection because uh, hadn't participated much uh, prior to that cup. And I do believe I forgot to cover Nikola Milenkovic's uh, tournament history. So he was a starter and finisher, Nikola Milenkovic, in the 2018 World Cup. Um, uh, yeah, I think we saw him as the uh, central defender, one of the central defenders uh, in that cup. Okay, well, let's talk about the position of right central defender. And it was uh, Milenkovic for five of the eight World Cup qualifying games. He actually took a red card in game two. So he was replaced by Spahic in, uh, in game three. And uh, we did see that Velikovic, uh, who we met as a central center midfielder, uh, replaced him for two games there. Um, but then Mil Milenkovic returned. And he, um, uh, well, all three of those players, Milenkovic, Velikovic, and Spahic, were used over the three friendlies. But it was Milenkovic who played all four Nations League games in June. So, yes, uh, despite uh, me thinking that I should move him to likely, I'm going to keep him as definite because uh, uh, he, definite, he seems to be the uh, prime candidate in this position especially if Spahic is injured. Okay, let's move on to um, uh, uh, general central defender. So we do have one one player who didn't play any game, so I'm not really sure where he is. Uh, he's a possible candidate, and uh, his name is uh, Strahinia Irakovic. So Strahinia Irakovic got his first cap in June 2022 and didn't start any of their remaining four games there, but he was subbed in for one and on the bench for three others, uh, perhaps replacing Spahic there um, as, as a backup to that position. So um, Strahina Erikovic uh, has been with the team since 2022, um, but hasn't gotten any caps yet. He's 21 years old, and he plays for Red Star Belgrade in Serbia. So... Um, yeah, I, I, I'm guessing he might be a right central defender since uh, it looks like he came in for um, uh, Spahic. So that's it for the many central defenders that they have. And we're going to uh, take now a look at the uh, left back and right back positions. And we'll see there are far fewer candidates on this side, uh, on, on this side of the field. Uh, both sides, in the outside of the field, I should say. And uh, for left-backs, we're going to start with a retiring veteran, Alexander Kolarov. But we have a couple of candidates at the uh, possible level here. Actually, we have uh, Philip Mladenovic, 
uh, coded as a left back, but we're moving him to the left winger section because the only games he started were as a left winger. Uh, and the players we'll deal with here are Mihailo Ristic as a possible candidate and Alexa Terzic as a, uh, also as a possible candidate. But their chances are slim because they don't use this position in that three-man defense. So I think the best uh, chance of them getting on the field is maybe playing as a winger, as Miladinovic has. Okay, let's take a look, though, at Alexander Kolarov. So uh, he was... Um, the left back in the World Cup in 2018 when they did play with a four-man back line. And uh, he's a, a veteran player. Uh, he last appeared uh, for the national team on the bench in November 2020. So he did uh, play after the World Cup, uh, but only up to November 2020. And he retired from soccer outright in June 2022. So um, he, he, he plays, the last club he played for was uh, Inter Milan, and uh, retired fairly recently from them. Prior to that, he played with Roma in Italy for three years and Manchester, uh, Manchester City in England for seven years from 2010 to 17. And um, he played for uh, Serbia from 2008 to um, 2020 and has 90 caps and 11 goals on his record. He's 37 years old now, so uh, uh, that's pretty old as a soccer player. In terms of uh, uh, tournament history, he played in the 2010 World Cup and uh, was a starter there for games one and two, didn't appear in game three. And by the time the 2018 World Cup came around, he was the captain of the team and he started and finished all three games there. Um, he got uh, actually an excellent goal uh, on, a, on a, uh, a free kick, which uh, kind of floated and curled into the net against Costa Rica. Uh, but Alexander Kolarov uh, off the team now. However, a couple of possible candidates uh, do uh, exist to replace him. So um, perhaps it would be uh, Miladovic, uh, Miladinovic if, he, if they were using this position. But we look at uh, Mihailo Ristic. Uh, he started one of their 20 games since 2021, and he was subbed in for three and on the bench for 10, uh, but not selected for six matches. So he may make the squad as a bench player. He's been with uh, Serbia, this is Mihailo Ristic, since 2016, and has just nine caps uh, in that time. He's 27 years old. He plays for Benfica in Portugal. That's a recent move in 2022 from Montpellier in France. And he also played for Krasnodar in Russia, where he was loaned out to Sparta Prague. So he's kind of been all over the place since moving from Red Star Belgrade, where he played from 13, 2013 to 17. That was his youth club, or I should say his last youth club too. So, um, Despite being on the team since 2016, it looks like he wasn't a consideration uh, for the World Cup in 2018, uh, but is um, a consideration here, especially um, those 10 games on the bench suggesting he's regularly called up as a substitute. The next candidate is Alexa Terzic, and he got his first cap in June 2021 and started three of their remaining games, their remaining 15 games, uh, and additionally subbed in for two and was on the bench for two. So uh, just six matches, just like Ristich, uh, that he wasn't selected for. So again, a possible bench player. Um, 
he's been with the team then since 2021 uh, and has three caps and is 23 years old. And he plays for Fiorentina in Italy, having moved from uh, Red Star Belgrade in 2019. So pretty good club affiliations and re fairly regular call-ups call for uh, Ristic and Terzic. But uh, working against them is the three-man back line there where uh, their position is not really called upon. Okay, and now it's the uh, same situation for right-backs over uh, on the right. Uh, we have a veteran, uh, Branislav Ivanovic, leaving. And then in this case, really no one, uh, no one there to um, replace him. We just have uh, Milan Ga uh, Gavic, who uh, seems to be off the squad. Um, so really no right backs uh, uh, to use. So Branislav Ivanovic uh, also um, started all three games in the 2018 World Cup. Uh, actually, no, he started games one and two and lost his starting position uh, for game three there. And um, and he hasn't pe appeared for the national team since. So um, he played for uh, uh, Branislav Ivanovic. I just want to repeat the names a few times. Uh, Branislav Ivanovic played for Serbia for, from 2006 to 2018 and earned 104 caps and 13 goals. And now he's 39 years old. He actually also played one uh, cap for Serbia and Montenegro before they became Serbia. And he's also retired from soccer, having played his last year uh, with West Brom in England. Uh, but prior to that, he was with St. Petersburg and Chelsea was his main club. Uh, he was uh, with them for nine years. Uh, so he was also a starter in the uh, 2010 World Cup, started and finished all three games there. But as we said, uh, just two games in the 2018 World Cup and um, Branislav Ivanovic and no one really to replace him. So we have uh, Milan Gazic coded as a right midfielder, but he last played for the team in March of 2021. So it looks like uh, he's not really a consideration. Gazic actually plays for... Uh, Seska Moscow in Russia, a recent move in 2022 with a lot of uh, players kind of leaving Russia uh, during the political turmoil. He has joined CSK Moscow, CSKA Moscow, uh, moving from Red Star Belgrade in 2022. But he actually did play outside of um, Serbia before that. He was with Bordeaux in France. Uh, for, from 2015 to 19. Nevertheless, not really a consideration here. And um, there we have it. So right backs and uh, left backs, I think a slim chance of getting on the field uh, there. All right, we uh, don't have any general defenders. We've dealt with all the defenders now, so we can move on to midfielders. And um, uh, we'll just begin actually by talking about past defensive midfielders. So um, in the cup, it was um, uh, defensive midfielder Nemanja Matic uh, and Milivojevic uh, playing in the World Cup. And uh, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic replaced Milivojevic in game three. So Matic and Milivojevic are pairing until game three. And those two are retired now, Matic and Milivojevic. We'll take a, a, a look at um, um, 
them as we go through the players. Uh, but Milankovic Savic is still active, although I must say he plays more as an attacking midfielder than as a defensive midfielder as he did in the cup. But uh, let's move on to defensive midfielders and look at the candidates. So maybe we'll start with Nemanja Matic, who is now retired. Uh, but we have two uh, candidates at the likely level, uh, Nemanja Maximovic and uh, Uros Rasic, uh, both likely candidates. So let's begin with Nemanja Matic. And um, uh, he last appeared for the national team in September 21. 2021 so he did play uh shortly after or he did play uh up until uh 2021 but uh hasn't played since then so it's not really a consideration here uh he uh is playing uh, at the club level still we'll get to that in a second but Nemanja Matic was with Serbia from 2008 to 19 with uh, 48 caps and two goals and uh, now he is 34 years old but still active at the club level, as I said, playing for Roma in Italy uh, since 2022. So a recent move from Manchester United in England, uh, where he played uh, for five years and Chelsea for three years before that. Um, yeah, a pretty uh, storied player in terms of club affiliations there with uh, Benfica uh, also, and actually did two stints with Chelsea. Uh, he actually... Um, uh, was not selected for the 2010 World Cup, uh, but was for the 2018 World Cup where he was a starter, uh, Nemanja Matic. So uh, he was a big presence in the midfield and, um, you know, they've had to replace him uh, with the players that we'll talk about now. So Nemanja Maximovic uh, started six of their 20 games since 2021, additionally subbed in for seven and on the bench for two. So just five matches that he was not called up for. And uh, Nemanja Maximovic has been with Serbia since 2016 and has 39 caps, uh, no goals, and is uh, 27 years old. Um, he plays for Getafe in Spain uh, since 2018, so several years with them, with Valencia in Spain before that. And he played in Kazakhstan and Slovenia uh, as well. Uh, and has not been called up for any tournaments. So um, I guess the only tournament available to him would have been the 2018 World Cup. He was selected for the preliminary squad there, but was not uh, selected for the final squad. So Nemanja Maximovic, though, a likely candidate for this cup. Uros Rasic uh, got his first cap in March 2021 and he started just one of their remaining 18 games. However, he was subbed in for seven and on the bench for six. So actually, uh, only four matches he wasn't selected for, and those were four of the first five matches in 2021. So regularly called up is Uros Rasic, um, but he did get his first cap in 2021 there and has um, uh, eight caps by now and is 24 years old. Uh, he plays for Valencia in Spain and is currently on loan to Braga in Portugal. Uh, and he's actually been loaned out quite a bit from uh, Valencia uh, for, uh, for two teams uh, uh, besides uh, Braga. And um, he has not been involved in any tournaments, of course, being 
uh, that his first calf was in 2021. So he's also a likely candidate. And uh, I'll talk about the position uh, of um, defensive midfielder, but I'll do that after we cover the central midfielders because those positions uh, uh, overlap quite a bit. So moving on to central midfielders then, we're going to uh, again start with a retired uh, player in Luka Milivojevic. And um, uh, his absence leaves a gap. And some of the players who might replace him are, well, we have Sergei uh, Milankovic-Savic uh, is coded as a central midfielder and actually has played in central midfield, uh, but in recent times has moved, uh, in the period we're talking about, has moved to a more attacking position, especially right attacking midfielder. So we're going to deal with him uh, there. Uh, the other candidates are Marco Grulich uh, as a likely candidate and uh, Nemanja Gudelj as a likely candidate and Sasha Lukic also a likely candidate, although he also played as a left attacking midfielder. And then uh, we have Ivan Illich as a possible candidate. So let's start with the... Uh, uh, with the hole that's been left by uh, Luka Milivojevic. And um, he last appeared for the national team in October 2020. So um, uh, did play after the World Cup for a couple of years, but he announced his retirement from international soccer in March 2021, uh, even though he was just 29 years old. So uh, Luka Milivojevic, we saw him playing in the World Cup uh, in 2018, he started games one and two there uh, and then lost his starting position uh, for game three. Uh, Luka Milivojevic, all in all, earned uh, 39 caps and one goal uh, in his time with Serbia, which was 2012 to 2020. And as I said, he's only uh, 31 years old now. So, um, uh you know, actually uh, still at a playing age. Uh, he still does play at the club level. He's with Crystal Palace in England and has been there since 2017. Uh, prior to that, he played for Olympiacos in Greece and Anderlecht in Belgium before moving from Red Star Belgrade. So Luka Milivojevic, uh, not a consideration, uh, it seems, unless he comes out of retirement. But we'll look at the candidates who have been replacing him in the meantime. And the first one is Marco Grulic. Uh, Marco Grulic started five of their 20 games since 2021, and he was subbed in for three and on the bench for five. Uh, he was also injured for three, so just four games that he wasn't called up for. And Marco Grulic has been with Serbia since 2016. Uh, only 17 caps and zero goals in that time, and he's 26 years old. He plays for Porto in Portugal since 2020 and was with uh, Liverpool in England from 2016 to 2020, but he was loaned out uh, to quite a few clubs from Liverpool. He was loaned out to uh, Hertha Berlin in Germany, Cardiff, that's where I was born, uh, Cardiff in the English League and uh, Red Star Belgrade for his second spell with them. He actually came to Liverpool from Red Star Belgrade, which was also his youth club. Uh, Marco Grulic was part of the squad for the 2018 World Cup, but he sat on the bench uh, the whole tournament. And uh, But for this tournament, we see him as a likely candidate. 
The manager Goodell uh, started 13 of their 20 games since 2021, so I should probably put him ahead of Grulich uh, uh, there, Grulich. And uh, started 13 of their 20 games, did Nemanja Gudels, and uh, subbed in for two and on the bench for one. Uh, so, and not selected for four others. But that included two of the last four matches. So, again, a little doubt thrown in at the end there for Nemanja Gudels. Uh, uh, he's been with Serbia since 2014 and has 48 caps and one goal, and is 31 years old. And he plays for Sevilla in Spain uh, since 2019. He also played in China for Guangzhou Evergrande. And I'm wondering actually if that's the same team that uh, uh, um, that uh, manager Stojkovic uh, managed because uh, it is Guangzhou and Chinese teams seem to change their name quite a bit. So um, anyway, nevertheless, he played in China uh, and the Chinese team actually loaned him to Sporting Lisbon in Portugal. But he played for a couple of teams in China and also a couple of teams uh, in the Netherlands, Ajax, Alkmaar and NAC Breda. Um, and it looks like he was uh, born or at least raised in Netherlands because all of his youth teams were uh, in the Netherlands. So Nemanja Budelj, uh, well, we have him as a likely candidate despite that doubt thrown in at the end. Sasa Lukic played nine of their 20 games since 2021. He was subbed in for four and on the bench for two and not selected for five matches. So as I mentioned, uh, Sasha Lukic also played as a left attacking midfielder, but uh, not enough for us to move him from there to, to from here to there. So uh, he's a central midfielder here and he's been with Serbia since 2018 and has 32 caps and two goals. Um, Sasha Lukic is 26 years old and he plays for Torino in Italy, um, having moved from Partizan, uh, which was his, uh, his first club and his youth club, his last youth club at least. Uh, he is a likely candidate, is Sasha Lukic, and we move on to our last candidate, uh, who we have as a possible, and that's Ivan Ilic. So Ivan Ilic uh, got his first appearance on the bench in March 2021, and he started one of their remaining 16 games and was subbed in for two and on the bench for five. He's just 21 years old and actually was with the under-21 team uh, for, for three of the games as well as out with two uh, separate injuries for four games. So all in all, there's just one game that he uh, wasn't called up for, um, but um, he only started one all in all. So Ivan Ilic... Uh, um, has been with the team since 2021 and is 21 years old. Uh, he has a good club uh, affiliation too. He's with Hellas Verona in Italy now since 2020, but was with Manchester City uh, from 2017 to 20. I don't think he played any games for them. He was loaned out for the most part to, uh, uh, to smaller clubs. And uh, his first team uh, was Red Star Belgrade. He came out of their system and was with their youth club also. So um, that is the central midfield. So now we've done defensive and central midfielders. I can kind of summarize the position. And usually it is a pair uh, of players, uh, two players. 
But uh, two of the World Cup qualification games actually had a five-man midfield. So uh, three players in the central midfield. And all of the players are, are names that we've mentioned here. So um, as far as the pairing goes, it was defensive midfielder Rasic and uh, central midfielder Lukic in game one of World Cup qualifying. But then they totally changed it for game two. It was Gudelj and uh, Milenkovic Savic. That's Sergei Milenkovic Savic. Um, for the rest of the games, it was kind of a rotation among three of them, uh, Lukic, Gudelj, and Milenkovic Savic. So uh, Rasic kind of dropping out of that rotation. And then, uh, to make things more complicated, there was a new pairing in the, in the first friendly, a pairing of Maximovic and Grulic. Um, I may be saying his name wrong, Grusic. And then it was uh, Lukovic and Gudelj in the last two. So I know this is very complicated, but basically they replaced uh, the pair. So um, those two pairings uh, kind of continued on forward. So in one pairing, it was Maximovic and Grulic. And in the other pairing, it was Lukic and Gudelj. And um, uh, those were basically the pairings in the Nations League games. Uh, with uh, uh, just a lot of rotations. So we have, uh, we're juggling about five or six players, four main players though, Lukic, Gudels, Maximovic and Grulic um, taking the lion's share of games but with other players coming in. So sorry if that was confusing, believe it or not, I actually had to simplify it even down to that. Uh, so just a, a big spider's web of players in the midfield in the central midfield there um but if that was complicated the left and right midfield situation is actually very simple uh, because there are no candidates um uh, to talk about here i did move one candidate but i'll just summarize the position of left and right midfielder now this position exists when we have a three-man midfield as in a like a four-three-three but uh, Serbia has never played with a three-man midfield. It's either, uh, you know, two or four or sometimes five. And uh, all of the players, though, uh, are either defensive midfielders or central midfielders, uh, with the exception of Milenkovic Savic, who is a central midfielder, but usually is playing as more of an attacking midfielder uh, now. So... That's the situation. And when it was uh, four or five players, we're going to look to uh, wingers. They'll have wingers uh, in the midfield, which we'll deal with shortly. Uh, but I'll just finish uh, the left and right midfielder by saying that Dusan Tadic is coded as a right midfielder, but he's definitely an attacking player. In fact, he, he has played as a forward even. So we're going to move him to the position he plays the most. Uh, right attacking midfielders. So we'll talk about Dusan Tadic uh, when we get to right attacking midfielders. Uh, meanwhile, let's talk about left wingers. So when they do have a four or five man uh, midfield, uh, there'll be a left winger and a right winger. And uh, we have a candidate in Philip Kostic uh, as a definite candidate there. And we also have the left back uh, the left defender, Filip Mladenovic, who I said we're moving up to here, 
because this is a position he played in, and Philip Mladenovic is a possible candidate. Uh, also, we have uh, Nemanja Radoncic, uh, uh, who is coded as a left-winger, but has actually been playing on the right. So we're going to move him to the right wing. So just two candidates to deal with here, uh, Philip Kostic and Philip Mladenovic. So Kostic uh, started 10 of their 20 games since 2021. He was subbed in for three and on the bench for one. And uh, uh, there were six matches that he wasn't selected for. We nevertheless have him as a definite candidate, which hopefully will become clear uh, why we did that. And Philip Kostic has been with Serbia since 2015, and he has 50 caps and three goals. So uh, he is 20, no, he's 30 years old now. And uh, Philip Kostic plays for Juventus in Italy. That's a recent move uh, in 2022. Prior to that, he played for several clubs in Germany, uh, Eintracht Frankfurt for four years, and then Hamburg and Stuttgart before that and uh, Groningen in the Netherlands before uh, moving from Serbia in 2012. So Philip Kostic was part of the uh, team for the 2018 World Cup. He subbed into game one, and then he gained the starting position uh, for the next two games. He lined up as a left midfielder in, the, um, in uh, that tournament. And uh, is on the left here, not just as a winger, but uh, sometimes as a, as a kind of an attacking midfielder, which we'll see soon. So Philip Kostic, a definite candidate. Uh, Philip Mladenovic, I'll repeat that he is coded as a left defender, but since they never use left defender, he got onto the field as a left winger. Those are the only games he started as a left winger. And he started three of their 20 games uh, since 2021, subbed in for two and was on the bench for six. Uh, and he was not selected for 10 matches, but seven of those were among the first eight matches. So basically, for the last 12 matches, he's been regularly called up. Filip Mladenovic has been with Serbia for a long time, since 2012, and uh, he only has 19 caps there, no goals, and is 31 years old. Uh, so Filip Mladenovic plays for Legia Warsaw in Poland since 2020 and uh, Legia Gdansk in Poland before that and also played in uh, Belgium with Standard Liège and FC Cologne in Germany. Even played in uh, Belarus actually with their biggest team Bate Borisov before moving from Red Star Belgrade in 2013. So Filip uh, Mladenovic was not part of the squad uh, not part of any squad um, tournament-wise, so doesn't seem to have been a consideration. In fact, he was he suffered a, a couple of long absences from the team. He was off the team for three and a half years uh, at one point before 2015, and then for two and a half years before 2019. So that explains why he wasn't really a consideration for the cup. So uh, I'm just a possible candidate for this tournament as well. Uh, so um, I'll just summarize the position of left winger then. Um, it was uh, Mladenovic actually in the first World Cup qualification game. But then after that, it was always Filip Kostic 
for the rest of the World Cup qualification games. And that pattern was the same in the friendlies, with Miladinovic playing the first friendly and Kostic the last two. However, it all blew up in the Nations League games because uh, four different players uh, played the position in each of the four Nations League games. So it was these two, Miladinovic and Kostic, each playing one game. And then the left-backs that we saw... Um, Ristich and Tursic, that uh, that was where they got their start uh, as a left winger. So as I said, uh, back then, it seems uh, because that position of left back doesn't exist, their only chance of getting on the field was as a left winger. And it looks like they both did once in Nations League. However, that leaves us scratching our head about who uh, who the actual starter is. I suspect myself it's still uh, Philip Kostic, but... Um, uh, a bit odd to be trying out so many different players uh, when they don't really have many games before the uh, World Cup. But we'll see in September. Uh, it'll be fun to see who, who they choose. On the right side, it's a bit more stable, except for the fact that it's actually a left winger who is the most steady starter over there. And I'll introduce him now. So we have uh, uh, Nemanja Radonjic, as a uh, definite candidate. And we also have um, uh, Andrea Zivkovic kind of playing out of position too. He's coded as a attacking midfielder, but um, has been playing mostly as a right winger. And he is a likely candidate, is Andrea Zivkovic. And we also have Darko Lazovic as a possible candidate. So three candidates uh, on the right wing, a position they use quite a bit, uh, actually. So let's go back and look at Nemanja Radonic. Rad, sorry, my, my tongue is getting tired. Uh, Nemanja Radonjic. Uh, actually just started two of their games since 2021. And he, uh, but he subbed in for 13 of the games and was on the bench for one. So actually just four games that he wasn't selected for. So uh, you can think of Nemanja Radonjic uh, as a definite candidate to actually make the squad, but probably a substitute uh, once he gets there. Nemanja, uh, Nemanja Radonjic uh, uh, has been with Serbia since 2017 and has 36 caps and five goals. He's 26 years old, and he plays for Marseille in France since 2018, although he's recently been loaned out to, to Torino since 2022 and actually was loaned out uh, a couple of times before that to Benfica in Portugal and Hertha Berlin in Germany. Um, he was with Red Star Belgrade in Serbia um, uh, from 2017 to 18, but actually was uh, his first club was Roma uh, in Italy. He was actually with Roma's youth club. Uh, that was his last youth club. He, he played for youth clubs uh, uh, in Italy as well as Romania. Uh, and of course, in Serbia, those were the first of his youth clubs, but uh, uh, kind of an interesting career there. Um now, in terms of tournaments, he was a substitute, as we expect him to be in this cup. Uh, he was a substitute for the 2018 World Cup and uh, subbed into uh, a couple of games there, which, um, uh, yeah, he'll probably do here. He, um, Yeah, so Nemanja Radonjic 
uh, coded as a left winger but starting as a right winger here or probably subbing in uh, more likely. These starters are actually the next two candidates, and Andrea Zivkovic. I should really take a break here. I think I will after this. Um, Andrea Zivkovic. And uh, he started six of their 20 games since 2021 and was subbed in for three and on the bench for two. Uh, not selected for nine matches, which is why we have him as just a likely candidate, although um, he has uh, he is one of the main starters as a right winger. So uh, Andrea Zivkovic uh, has been with Serbia since 2013 and um, has 29 caps. Uh, and even though he's coded as a, um, an attacking midfielder and secondarily as a forward, he only has one goal in those 29 caps. So perhaps hasn't been playing uh, as attacking a role as his designation makes out. Anyway, Andrea Zivkovic is 26 years old and he plays for Paok Thessalonia in Greece since 2020 and was, was with Benfica for four years before that, and Partizan was his first club uh, and his youth club, at least his last youth club. So he was a part of the uh, 2018 World Cup. Uh, Zivkovic appeared only in game three, though, as a substitute. Okay, and then the other candidate is Darko Lazovic, and he returned from a six-year absence, six and a half years actually, in 2019, uh, to start six of their 20 games, uh, and he was subbed in for two besides. Uh, there were eight games he wasn't selected for, and then four games he was out for. Actually, two separate injuries kept him out for four games, so hasn't played uh, that much for them. And um, he's been with the team since 2008. But of course, because of that long absence, not that many caps, 25 caps. Uh, and he's uh, 32 years old. So he's playing for Hellas Verona in Italy uh, since 2019 and was with Genoa for four years before that, before moving over from Red Star Belgrade. And uh, yeah, not a candidate for the uh, 2018 World Cup. That was during his... Uh, long period in the cold he was actually off the team also for three and a half years before the 2012 uh, before 2012 which made him uh, not a consideration for the 2010 world cup either so this cup uh, seems to be his best chance to make it but a bit of an outside chance uh, i would say or perhaps not because i'll summarize the position here which suggests that he does have a chance um in the right winger position, the, the main players were uh, Lazovic, who's coded as a, no, he's coded as a right winger, uh, were Lazovic, who played it six times, and Zivkovic, who played it five times. So um, left winger um, uh, Radonzic and attacking midfielder Juricic each played it two times. Uh, but it looks like Lazovic and Zivkovic are the main candidates here, although Radonjic is considered definite to make the cup, while Zivkovic and Lazovic are not. Okay, well, it is time to move on to forwards, but uh, see if you can find my cut in the video here. I'm going to take a break before I do that, and then we will move on to the forward line where I have included the attacking midfielders. 
So I have taken a break. My uh, palate and my vocal cords and my teeth were all twisted around after trying to pronounce these Serbian names. And now I think I'm good for the uh, forward section of the podcast. Uh, hopefully I won't have some of the difficulties that I had at the end of the midfielders. Okay, well, we're going to um, divide the forwards into left attacking and right attacking and central attacking uh, midfielders uh, here. So we'll start with uh, left attacking midfielders. Just in general, uh, we saw that it was a three-man attacking midfield in the cup, but usually it was one or two after that although some formations effectively had four. So it's a bit complex, but we'll try to simplify it uh, here. And we'll start with uh, Sergei uh, Milinkovic-Savic. So he's the brother of the goalkeeper of the same name. And Sergei Milinkovic-Savic is a definite candidate. And we also have uh, Adam uh, Lachik uh, as a player who seems to be off off the team now so just two candidates to deal with here uh as the left attacking midfield and um uh we also saw that uh sergey milinkovic savic is both coded as a central midfielder and did play some games as a more defensive central midfielder but we're dealing with him here because he's been in this position more so he started 12 of their 20 games since 2021 and he was subbed in for two and on the bench for two. So just four matches that he wasn't selected for. And Sergei Milinkovic-Savic has been with Serbia just since 2017. So um, fairly young at 27 years old, maybe not as young as I thought. Um, 35 caps and six goals in that time. So he plays for Lazio in Italy and has been with them for a long time, since 2015, and uh, with Genk in Belgium before that. And his club in Serbia was uh, Vojvodina, and he also played for Vojvodina's youth club uh, at the end of his youth careers, actually with a, an, Austri- an Austrian youth club, Grazer, uh, prior to that, and was born in Spain, actually. Um so he's the older brother of the two, uh, Vanja Milinkovic-Savic, the goalkeeper, uh, the younger brother there. And um, Milinkovic-Savic uh, played in the World Cup in 2018. He was a starter in all three of their games. And uh, again, kind of all over the field there, a central attacking midfielder in two games, but then a defensive midfielder in game three. So he kind of moves back and forth uh, a little bit. He got one of their goals in qualifying Uh, They only got 12 goals in qualifying, uh, but he got one of them. And the the other candidate is uh, Adam uh, Lacic, and he seems to be off the squad. He last appeared uh, for the national team on the bench in uh, October 2020, so not really a consideration uh, for this squad. But he has been with Serbia or was with Serbia from 2010 to 2020. He's just 31 years old, so an outside chance of coming back into the squad. Uh, during his time, he had 47 caps and nine goals, and he's still um, playing club soccer with Besiktas in Turkey. Um, but he left them in 2022, and I don't know what his, uh, I don't know if he's with the club right now, actually. Anyway, uh, Adam uh, Lajic was also a starter in the 2018 World Cup, um, except for game two, uh, where he was subbed in. 
uh, to that game, but uh, is off the team now. So, um, uh, yeah, and he played as a left attacking midfielder and a central attacking midfielder in the cup. So let's uh, summarize the position there. So if you recall, it's a 4-2-3-1 formation all through the cup. And uh, Lachik was an attacking midfielder in game one. Um, sorry, uh, Lachik was a left uh, winger in a left attacking midfielder in game one. And uh, Kostic played games two and three. Both of those players are uh, still active. And uh, the position actually was only used twice in World Cup qualification. And it was uh, attacking midfielder Juric uh, who played one of the games along with uh, Zerjai Milinkovic-Savic here. Uh, after that, though, the position was used quite regularly um, with uh, central midfielder Lukic playing once and uh, Milinkovic-Savic playing twice in the friendlies. And then all three of these players, Juric, Milinkovic-Savic and Lukic, uh, played uh, the position in the Nations League uh, games. And in the fourth of those games, the position was not used. So uh, very tough to tell. I mean, obviously, it looks like Sergei Milinkovic-Savic is, is uh, the main choice there. And... Um, it seems like everyone who plays this position is kind of playing it out of position. Uh, but then uh, with three different players being used in the Nations League, it's a bit confusing uh, to try to predict who it's going to be. However, um, Linkovic Savage will be on the field because that's not the only position he plays. Okay, moving over to the right side, it's a bit more straightforward. Uh, first of all, we only have one candidate, and that candidate uh, pretty much plays in the position all the time. So it's Dusan uh, uh, Tadic, who is actually coded as a right midfielder, So, uh, but really is more of an attacking player. Um, you know, in, in our, in our uh, media cast, we've been considering right midfielder as kind of a more defensive position. So uh, a right attacking midfielder uh, is Tadic and sometimes uh, has even played as a forward. Uh, Dusan Tadic started, uh, started 12 of their 20 games since 2021, and he was subbed in for three, uh, not selected for five games. I should say two of those games right at the beginning uh, of 2021 was a little tour they did of uh, Central America. I think they played Panama and Dominican Republic, and uh, not many of the starters uh, 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 took part in that. So it, it's almost every player that we're talking about here has uh, two non-selections because of those two games. So um, uh, don't be too put off by them not being selected. Uh, anyway, Dusan Tadic has been with the team since 2008, and he has 90 caps and 18 goals. And he is getting up there in age, 34 years old, currently playing with Ajax in Netherlands. Uh, he has done so since 2018. And he was with Southampton in England, from 2014 to 18, as I recall, he didn't uh, really show his best at Southampton there. And um, so he went back to the Netherlands. He went back to uh, Ajax. He had been with Twente in the Netherlands before that and Groningen too. So, um, uh, you know, he's also a product of uh, Vojvodina, which is also a fairly big uh, uh, club in Serbia. Uh, as far as tournaments go, he was a starter in the 2018 World Cup, and uh, he lined up as a, a right midfielder 
uh, in all of those games too, kind of a right attacking midfielder. And um, he was really good at creating chances with some treacherous crosses uh, in that tournament and had scored four of their 20 goals in qualifying uh, in the lead-up to that cup. He scored two of their 12 goals in qualifying here. Uh, one of them was against uh, Portugal. Uh, I believe that was in the last game. Okay, so Dusan Tadic, a definite candidate, and we'll just talk about the right attacking midfielder. It's basically the same as the left. Uh, the position was only used twice in World Cup qualifying, and it was Tadic both times there. And after that, the position was used regularly, and it was always Tadic except for one game where uh, Zivkovic uh, came into the position. So uh, Tadic had also played uh, the position in the Cup, as we noted. Okay, central attacking midfielders. Well, all of the candidates... Um, uh, all of the candidates who have played the central attacking midfield role have been mentioned so far. So I'll just summarize the position here. And it, it was actually uh, Milinkovic Savic kind of moves around the field as we saw. Uh, he played the central attacking midfielder twice in the cup. And it was uh, Lajic in game three. Uh, both of those players still active. But in World Cup qualifying, it was mostly Tadic. Um, as we saw, they didn't use a right attacking midfielder, so he moved over to the center. But Milinkovic Savic also showed up there once. And uh, as we've said, the position was not used uh, that much. Um, okay, so moving on to just a, a, a couple of general attacking midfielders. I'll just mention that uh, Andrea Zivkovic. Um, Uh, sorry, uh, I got a bit confused there. Andrea Zivkovic uh, is coded as an attacking midfielder, but we dealt with him as a right winger where he got most of his starts. And uh, we'll just cover one player here at the portable level, uh, Philip Juricic. Uh, and Philip Juricic played as a right winger and a left attacking midfielder in his starts. So we will just have him as a, a kind of a general attacking midfielder here. Uh, at the portable level. I'm just kind of writing it up on the graphic here. Uh, so Philip Juricic uh, started five of their 20 games since 2021, and he was subbed in for one and on the bench for four. Uh, but he wasn't selected for six matches and was also injured for four. So that uh, makes him a, a portable candidate for us here. Uh, Philip Juricic has been with Serbia since 2012, and he has 35 caps and one goal and is 30 years old. So he has recently moved to Sampdoria in Italy, actually for his second spell there, uh, the second spell from 2022. And... Um, in between his two stints with Sampdoria, he was with Sassuolo uh, in Italy. And prior to 2016, was with Benfica in, Portland, uh, in Portugal, who loaned him out to Anderlecht in Belgium, Southampton in England, and Mainz in Germany. So he's kind of been all over Europe there. Uh, one of his youth clubs was actually Olympiakos in Greece, uh, but his youth club in Serbia was Red Star Belgrade. Um, there and he was um off the team actually before 2019 he had a gap of 3.5 years in his uh career with the national team so he wasn't uh really a consideration for the 2018 world cup 
uh, there. But he's since come back into the team and is a possible candidate here, Philip Jurisic. Okay, um, we move on. We don't have anyone coded as a secondary striker here. So we move on to the uh, center forwards. Uh, the forwards and um, the definite candidates here are Alexander Mitrovic and Dusan Vlahovic. And uh, we also have Luka Jovic as a definite candidate too. And beyond that, we only have George Jovanovic as a uh, possible but unlikely candidate. So um, not as many forwards as most teams have, but three of them are definite candidates. And we'll begin with Alexandra Mitrovic, which uh, my nephew Connor, who sometimes joins in the podcast, has described as a machine, a scoring machine. And I would say if we're comparing him to uh, industrial things in a factory, I would call him an assembly line of goals because he has been so good for uh, Serbia. Um, but I'll get to that soon. He started 10 of their 20 games since 2021. Uh, he was subbed in for three and on the bench for one, uh, suspended for one and not selected for five others. So he doesn't start every game for Serbia. Um, he's been with them since 2013 and has 76 caps and an amazing 50 goals in that time. One of the highest ratios I've seen in, in soccer. Uh, he's 28 years old, so still uh, has a few years in him. He's currently with uh, Fulham in England. He's been with them since 2018 and was with uh, Newcastle uh, in England from 2015 to 18. Loaned to Fulham, actually, in the last year there. Prior to that, he was with uh, Anderlecht in Belgium and Partizan in Serbia uh, as well. So he was a starter in the 2018 uh, World Cup. He scored one of their two goals there on a close range header, header uh, having missed a similar chance uh, um, earlier in the game. So that was against Switzerland and he got two yellow cards in the game too. But he was really outstanding in the tournament, uh, a constant threat and had scored six of their 20 goals in the, in the qualification for the cup. So he was their top scorer. He was also their top scorer in Euro 2020 qualifying. He scored 10 of their 20 goals in qualifying. So that made him the fourth highest scorer in European qualifying. But they didn't uh, uh, make it to that cup. For this cup, he got seven of their 12 goals. So these are incredible numbers. And uh, wow, what they would do without him is uh, something we'll talk about a little bit later. So Alexander Mitrovic, a definite candidate. Uh, Dusan Vlahovic is also a definite candidate. Uh, he first appeared on the bench uh, in September 2020, so shortly after uh, other European teams. Uh, no, no, sorry. Um, in September 2020, I'll just... Uh, uh, give up that point and move on. Uh, and uh, from 2021, he started seven of their 20 games and he was subbed in for three, uh, but he was injured for the last four games and uh, not selected for six others. But no worries. Uh, he had a kind of a groin problem. It's called uh, pubaglia, pubalgia. Um, it's kind of a groin problem. Uh, the, uh, so he was out for the June games, but uh, I saw that he was back in action with his club team in September. So that's good 
uh, for them, especially given the lack of forwards that they have. Uh, Dusan Vlahovic then has been with the team since 2020 and he has 16 caps and eight goals and is just 22 years old. But he's playing for Juventus in Italy since uh, 2022, a big club there. He was with Fiorentina uh, for four years before that and kind of came out of Partizan in Serbia. Uh, That was one of his youth clubs. He was with Fiorentina's youth club uh, too, actually. So Dusan Vlahovic, of course, uh, not uh, on the team for the 2018 World Cup. Uh, but did score four of their 12 goals in qualifying uh, for this cup. So second top scorer there behind uh, Mitrovic. And finally, we have Luka Jovic, and he started four of their 20 games since 2021, uh, but was subbed in for 11 besides and on the bench for one. So only four games that he wasn't selected for. And uh, uh, Luka Jovic has been with Serbia since 2018 and has 28 caps and nine goals. So also a good scoring record, uh, um, these forwards, all three of them. And uh, Luka Jovic is 25 years old and he plays for Fiorentina in Italy. Uh, Well, I guess he got there after Vlahovic left. Uh, That's since 2022 and was with Real Madrid in Spain before that. Um, from 2019 to 2022, but he was loaned out to Eintracht Frankfurt in Germany uh, for part of that period. Prior to Real Madrid, he was with uh, Benfica in Portugal. Uh, So these are all um, uh, good uh, clubs. He came out of uh, Red Star Belgrade's youth system, and that was his first club too. So Luka Jovic... um, was part of the squad for the 2018 World Cup, but he only appeared briefly in game three, subbing in at the very end there. So uh, on the squad, but not really seeing any actions. And he got two of their 20 goals in qualifying, uh, including a late equaliser against Scotland, actually, in the playoff finals um, uh, during the uh, Euro 2020 campaign. Sorry, I'm getting uh, mixed up. I don't think he scored for the... uh, during the the qualifying for this cup. Uh, So those two goals coming in in the Euro um, qualification. Okay, and finally we have uh, George Jovanovic. So uh, he got his first cap in June 2021 and started one, um, uh, and just started one game. Sorry, he got his first cap in June 2022. So just in these Nations League games, at the end here uh, and he started one game and was on the bench for one game but wasn't selected for two of the matches so a bit of an outside uh, chance mind you I wouldn't be surprised if they bring him just to have more forwards because uh, um, I'm a bit disturbed by the uh, small number of forwards that they have here so uh, George Jovanovic has uh, one cap since 2022 and um, he is 23 years old and plays for Maccabi Tel Aviv in Israel. Um, uh, a recent move since 2022. Okay, so those are the forwards, and I'll just summarize the position. So usually it's in it's one forward, uh, but in World Cup qualifying games it was often two of them. So it was Alexandra Mitrovic in the 2018 World Cup. And um, in World Cup qualifying, Mitrovic and Vlahovic actually shared 
the role when it was a single centre forward. And then uh, when it was two, they often played as a pair. And uh, Dusan Tadic replaced uh, Vlahovic once. Uh, Jovic got a start in the first friendly, but Mitrovic played the next two friendlies. And Jovic also got one start in Nations League uh, play, but it was Mitrovic otherwise. Uh, Jovanovic uh, flanked uh, Mitrovic in the one game where they used uh, a pair. Um, but basically what seems to have happened here is uh, uh, Jovic kind of replaced uh, Vlahovic when he was uh, injured. And so uh, maybe got more starts than he would have uh, due to that injury to Vlahovic. But we'll see how they... Um, how the games are distributed in the September games and in any friendlies they have in the lead up to the cup. Well, that brings us to the end of the player by player discussion. And uh, we move on to a discussion of the squad in general. So I should actually explain my shirt here. It's a little weird that I'm wearing a Canada shirt. Uh, although this uh, media cast is coming to you from Canada, I guess I slyly took the opportunity to slide in my Canada shirt because it looks kind of similar to uh, to Serbia's shirt. And uh, I've confessed in a few podcasts now that my poverty of international shirts is a bit of a problem. And I just use that as an excuse to kind of wear my Canada shirt when the colors are the same. So if any Serbians are resentful of that, I am both sorry and I urge you to solve the problem by sending me a Serbian shirt. That's my solution. Okay, let's move on to um, some of the notes that we discussed at the top of the podcast. So uh, I'll just kind of mention the ones that are more team-based and uh, detail the ones that are more player-based. So at the beginning of the podcast, we noted that uh, Serbia uh, is a legacy of Yugoslavia. So uh, even though the the uh, Serbian national soccer team in name has only been around since uh, around 2006. Uh, they are descendants of Yugoslavia who have been around much, much longer. In terms of Yugoslavia's intermittent success, it actually seems more like Croatia um, uh, copies that success more than uh, Serbia does, um, uh, sometimes reaching uh, deep into the cups, uh, but only Croatia has done that. Um, since the breakup, uh, Serbia often reaches the cup, uh, but doesn't uh, go far, doesn't get beyond the group stage and actually doesn't reach the Euro Cup. Uh, we question whether Serbia could, should be viewed as a weak European team, because they're the only European team who didn't play in the 2020 Euro Cup, and the only European team that is uh, in the uh, Nations League B, uh, on the other hand, uh, that's not questioning that they deserve to be here. And in terms of ranking, they are among uh, the European teams uh, in this cup, probably the second tier European teams uh, in the top 25 uh, in the world anyway. Uh, now we'll move on to ones that are more player oriented. So um, we talked about formations of the team and we noted there was a big uh, shift after the World Cup. Um, and that was largely um, due to the next point. So we'll kind of cover them both at once. It was largely due to the retirement of defensive players, uh, especially the left back and right back, uh, Kolarov and um, 
Yikes, the name is uh, eluding me. Kolarov and Ivanovich. Branislav Ivanovich. I think I dodged a bullet there. Um, those two players retiring, and really there are not many players uh, in their position to replace them. So that has kind of forced them to change from a four-man defense to a three-man defense. And um, now, uh, well, we'll talk about it a bit later, but I kind of worried that they're kind of stuck with a three-man defense because they really haven't developed players, uh, left backs and right backs, uh, to replace those two players. So we saw they were forced to change into a three-man defense, uh, but I worry that that uh, makes them a bit inflexible going forward. I mean, if I was one of the teams uh, playing against them, I would kind of target the wings uh, target my attacks from the wings, but we'll talk about that a little bit uh, later. Let's talk a little bit about club affiliations for the uh, Serbian team. So, um, I wouldn't say top, top teams. They're, some of their players have played uh, for top teams, but currently uh, we really only have Phyllis uh, Kostic for uh, Juventus and uh, maybe Ristich for Benfica uh, in terms of top clubs. We have um, uh, maybe secondary clubs in... Um, oh, Vlahovic also plays for Juventus. We have uh, kind of secondary clubs like Gudelj uh, with Sevilla. I think there's another player with Sevilla too, uh, the goalkeeper Dimitrovic. And uh, Fiorentina in Italy. Um, Porto in Italy is... Uh, Porto in Portugal is a big club. Um but I've named most of the big clubs right there, but that only represents about a quarter of the squad. Uh, the squad. So the other teams are teams like uh, Mallorca in Spain, uh, Torino, uh, Fiorentina in Italy, uh, Sampdoria. A lot of them do play for uh, kind of second-tier clubs in Italy. And then a few with second-tier clubs in England, like uh, Fulham. A lot of them have played in England. Uh, I think there were a couple who played with Southampton. And um, some of the veterans played for uh, big clubs in England, but are now retired from the team. Um, but uh, it's interesting, too, that most of them play abroad. So I'm only seeing one player uh, with Red Star uh, Belgrade here. So it seems um, uh, most of them move out of... Um, uh, of Serbia, probably because the other teams pay more uh, money. So club affiliations, not amongst the uh, top teams there, but respectable clubs nonetheless. Okay, now let's move on to a couple of the stats that I've been working on. So um, total players under consideration, uh, no, total players called up since 2021. Uh, the average is about 48.8. And um, Serbia is 35, so really dealing with a smaller uh, pool of players. I believe that's the smallest that I've seen yet. Uh, and even uh, small clubs like Wales have uh, 42. Um, Qatar has 39. Uh, but most of them are over 40. So uh, the pool of players, I don't know whether they've kept it small on purpose or uh, whether they're just limited to that many uh, players, as as a lot of smaller countries uh, do have a smaller pool to choose from. 
Um, it's not a big problem, except the only place I would say it is a problem is in the right back and left back position. They don't seem to um, have players who uh, could fill that position. So again, that kind of limits their defense to a three-man defense. In terms of uh, light, uh, um, kind of under consideration players, it's 31. So these are definite, likely, or possible players. Again, that's a lot less, or not a lot less, but less than most teams. Uh, the average is 33.5 there. So um, again, kind of showing um, a bit of less of a pool to choose from than some of the bigger teams. Uh, and then the candidates who are definite or likely are 21 candidates uh, in that. So that means, uh, and that also is quite, low although most teams are kind of between 20 and 25 uh, the average is 21.5 so actually uh, not really anything to speak of there but they got to bring 26 players to the cup and so um from those 31 players probably uh, those uh, five extra players will come so uh, uh, basically choosing half of the probably half of the possible players but that doesn't take into account injuries or kind of players in good form that they suddenly add on to the team and we'll try to update that in the uh podcast uh, the update podcast in november where we might get a better of idea of who is actually going to make the team uh, a couple of other stats in terms of age uh, the average age of serbia serbian players is 26.5 and uh, at the beginning of this series, I would have said that that is a bit high, but actually it's lower than the average. So I am finding teams in this cup, uh, um, teams in general, uh, going with slightly older players. Uh, it used to be 25 to 27, um, but I haven't uh, really seen uh, many teams that are under 26 here. And so this turns out to be a fairly average number. Uh, even actually a bit younger than most teams. And that's kind of explainable uh, by we saw a lot of especially defensive, defensive players uh, retiring. So a lot of their older players retired after 2018 and have been replaced with younger players. Um, to put a point on it, they only have uh, six players who are over 30. The oldest is Dusan Tavic at uh, 33. And they have uh, three of the, sorry, seven, three of the seven players who are over 30 are actually 30. So um, my cat is meowing behind me. What's wrong? I think it's feeding time. But um, um, my wife usually comes home and feeds him. Anyway, so uh, three of those seven players are uh, at 30. So uh, a, a relatively young team and then at the other end of the scale they have uh, six players who are 23 or under and three of them who are 21 years old so uh, not looking bad in terms of age even after the cup uh, i don't see a whole lot of players retiring um, um going into the next tournament there are teams who uh, you can see they they will have to do a big rebuild after the world cup here Okay, average caps is 26.7. So uh, with them being a bit younger, this is also a bit below average too. Um, uh, the average is 29.8, so perhaps a bit less experienced than uh, 
than some of the teams that have an older age. And uh, we'll talk about goals. A total of 112 goals among the players uh, that are here. That doesn't mean a whole lot until we put it in perspective. So we have uh, started relying on this stat of goals per player, and it's 13.5%, which also doesn't mean much until we compare it with other teams. And actually, 13.5% uh, is bang on average. Uh, they, the average is 13.6%. So they score a, a reasonable amount of goals. But if we look at who is scoring the goals, we really uh, see that it's only coming from a couple of players, especially Alexander Mitrovic. So uh, of those 112 goals, 50, 50 of them are his. He has 50 goals in 76 games. So, uh, as we said, an incredible scoring machine. He scores at a ratio of 65.8%. Uh, there's got to be only a couple of players in the world with a scoring ratio like that. But the other forwards are quite good too. Um, uh, Vlahovic is at 50%, but that's eight goals in 16 games. So... Um, that's really not enough games to make a firm statement, but it's a good start anyway. Uh, usually we, we, we want them to have more than 20 games before we can really uh, say anything with confidence. But still, uh, Luka Jovic, the other forward, has nine goals in 28 games, 32%, which is also reasonably good. And then some of the non-forwards, uh, Dusan Tadic is at 20%, and um, uh, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, is at 17%. So the numbers go down pretty steeply from there. So not a lot of players scoring, uh, not a lot of players scoring for um, Serbia, but the forwards certainly do their job and uh, are impressive in their scoring. Um, and we'll come back to that a bit later. Let's move on to players and issues. And so uh, in defense, we have um, kind of an undecided starting keeper. Uh, so we saw that um, uh, we saw that uh, it was um, Dimitrovic who seemed to be uh, the second string keeper during the cup, uh, but then Radjkovic fairly took uh, fairly uh, quickly took over the starting position for most of the World Cup qualifying games. But for since uh, since then, it's been uh, kind of a mix actually. Um, Dimitrovic, Radjkovic, and uh, Milinkovic Savage, that's Vanja Milinkovic Savage, the brother of the uh, of the midfielder. Uh, all three of them played uh, in the Nations League games in June, with Milinkovic Savage playing both of them. So uh, a bit uncertain as to um, uh, who the keeper is going to be. Sorry, I should have saved that details for the uh, for the final run through. Maybe uh, gave a bit too much information. Anyway, the starting keeper is undecided. Uh, the other uh, uh, consideration in defense is that they really have too many central defenders and uh, not enough right backs or left backs. I mean, virtually a dearth of left backs and right backs. So that forces them into um, uh, a three-man back line. And I'm a bit concerned about them uh, this is the right place to say it. I'm a bit concerned about them uh, not having the flexibility to move to a four-man backline, and uh, I think teams will will make a point of attacking them down the wings because they really um, 
can't adjust their formation at least to uh, to cover the wings. Now maybe the players can adjust their behaviour uh, on the field. Um, also, it's really been a mix of uh, who these central defenders are. Um, But anyway, uh, to, to make a long story short, it, it kind of seems to be a rotation uh, of, of the players uh, there in central defence. I had to pause there to let my cats go outside. That's what they were meowing about earlier in the podcast. So anyway, I'm back and we'll just finish up with central defenders. So even though they really have a lot of candidates here, they've done a pretty good job um, boiling it down to, to uh, some main players uh some main players there however in the midfield i would say it's a bit more bewildering a bewildering array of defensive and central midfielders and uh this one was really hard to simplify for the for the um uh, media cast here it seems to be too much uh, basically five players sharing two positions with with a couple of others uh uh coming into the position uh, here and there uh, there is a bit of consistency, though, in that they did keep um, pairs together. So Lukic and Gudelj played as a pair several times, and so did uh, Maximovic alongside uh, Grulic. Gru Gru uh, so um, a bit of consistency there, but uh, really um, seemed uh, kind of hard to follow uh, and hard to identify any real starters there. Uh, on the left wing or the kind of left attacking midfield, it's a bit undecided. Uh, it seemed um, firmly uh, Kostic uh, as a starter and Mladenovic as a backup. Sorry, uh, this is left wing, not left attacking midfielder. Uh, it seemed Kostic and Mladenovic uh, until the Four Nations League games where they uh, baffled me by using four different starters in those games so um, i'm looking forward to the september games to see uh, if they kind of nail down a starter for that position the right side on the other hand is much more stable with uh, uh radonjic and jivkovic uh, uh, kind of sharing the role um fairly equally uh finally the left attacking midfielder is also uh undecided uh, three different players, Juricic, Milinkovic, uh, Savic, and Lukic, uh, played through World Cup qualifying and friendlies, and then um, they all played uh, each. They all played one game in each of the four Nations League games. So uh, a little un, unsettled as to who the starter actually is there. Again, the right side is more stable with. Uh, Dusan Tadic pretty entrenched as the right attacking midfielder. And uh, on the attack, actually, their attack looks very healthy, except uh, they're a bit limited in their options. And what I mean by that is, especially if Mitrovic gets injured, um, uh, they're really in tough uh, if that happens. Uh, uh, Mitrovic and Vlahovic are excellent options, and uh, Jovic uh, did a good job uh, stepping in for uh, Vlahovic and did, does a good job as a substitute. Uh, Vlahovic was injured for the June games. Uh, but beyond those three, there's really not much, uh, there, there's really no candidates. So uh, I worry that if, if there's an injury uh, amongst those three, it will have a bigger effect than if they had a, a bigger pool to kind of choose from. 
So, um, uh, but that's not taking anything away from the quality of those forwards who all do their job, which is scoring goals. All right, let's through, uh, run through some of the new players. So I'm going to focus the discussion here just on candidates that seem definite or likely. There's a whole bunch of candidates who are possible, but um, a lot of them won't even make the squad. Uh, so among new candidates, we have Vanja Milinkovic-Savic. So even though his, uh, his older brother is a veteran, he's uh, new to the squad since 2021 and has just six caps. He's 25 years old. And uh, he started uh, two of the four Nations League games there, so has a chance at being a starter. Uh, central defender uh, Strahinja Avlovic. Again, we get more details in the full-length version of the podcast, so I won't repeat all those details here. But uh, the 21-year-old central defender has 21 caps already. And... Um, um, yeah, is, uh, has worked his way into the squad quite well. Uh, defensive midfielder Nemanja Maktimovic, uh, we have as a likely candidate, if I didn't mention that uh, Pavlovich uh, above was a definite candidate, he was. The next few candidates are likely level. Uh, Nemanja Maktimovic um, uh, has been with the team since 2016, but this would actually be his first tournament. And... Uh, um, I wonder if I should have put him in here because I didn't realize he was uh, as old as he was. Nevertheless, uh, his first tournament uh, would be this cup. Uh, Uros Rasic is a defensive midfielder who we consider a likely candidate. He got his first cap in 2021, in March of 2021, and is 24 years old. He plays for Valencia in Spain, so is a promising uh, uh, candidate here. Nemanja Gudelj is a central midfielder, uh, one of the many vying for a starting spot there. Uh, he's actually 31 years old, but has never played in a tournament. So um, this would be his, um, uh, this moment of opportunity. He was in China uh, for a couple of years, but has come back to play for Sevilla in Spain. So probably, uh, possibly a revival in his career a little bit there. Uh, Sasha Lukic is our final likely candidate. He's been with the team since 2018. He is 26 years old, but hasn't been in a tournament yet. And uh, he's uh, working his way, uh, getting a few more starts um, uh, there. And finally, the forward, uh, Dusan Vlahovic, uh, kind of a promising forward for them, who we consider a definite candidate. He got his first cap in 2020 and since has 16 caps and eight goals and is only 22 years old and plays for Juventus in Italy. So one of the uh, more promising candidates there. Okay, for injuries, uh, we did have a few players, including Vlahovic, who I just mentioned, who were out for the June games, but uh, they have since played for their club. So if that's the case, we don't include them in this list. And so in this list, we only really have one uh, uh, injury at this point. There may be a couple more by the time we do the November update. But uh, Uro Spahic uh, was out with a ligament injury, uh, a ligament rupture from late April. And he is expected to return back on November 25th. 
So that is actually shortly after the cup begins. So I'm sure they're keeping a close eye on him and hoping that he will uh, return. Um, uh, he will be fit to return for the cup. But again, it's going to be close. Uh, we have him as a likely candidate. Uh, so it won't be a, a terrible loss. They have quite a few uh, central defenders, and he's not one of the kind of uh, starters there. So, But still, I'm sure they would like to have him as a backup. Okay, and then notable absences. We covered a lot of them uh, in the player-by-player um, uh, -player discussion because uh, some of them left holes, left big holes that needed to be filled, and uh, most of them were, were real veterans. So a bit a swath of retirement, um, either right after the 2018 World Cup or in the time in between. Some of these guys continued playing after the World Cup but retired, let's say, in 2020 or something like that. But goalkeeper Vladimir Stojkovic, he was a starter in the 2018 World Cup. And in the 2020, in the 2010 World Cup, as a matter of fact, but uh, retired after the uh, 2018 World Cup. Um, Dusko Tosic was a central defender, actually not as much a veteran as some of the others that we're talking about here. Uh, he was a starter, though, in the World Cup 2018, even if he did lose his position uh, for Game 3. And he's retired from uh, soccer completely now, as uh, is the case with Alexander Kolarov. So he is a left back, and they really haven't found anyone to replace uh, um, to replace him in a left back position. Just three possible candidates there, and so they've reacted to this by basically not using that position anymore, which I've mentioned a couple of times in the podcast. And he retired from soccer entirely in June uh, 2022. So the veteran was with uh, Serbia from 20, 2008 to 2020, 90 caps and 11 goals and played for some pretty big clubs. Uh, on the right side, it's the same situation with Branislav Ivanovic. Uh, he was with uh, Serbia from 2006 to 18 and had 104 caps and uh, 13 goals uh, in that time. And uh, he is also retired from soccer uh, uh, altogether. He, he didn't play for the national team after the 2018 uh, World Cup. And again, all of these players were starters in the 2028 or 2018 World Cup. Nemanja Matic, wow, what a... What a uh, big names to lose. Nemanja Matic um, retired a bit more recently, actually, last appeared in September 2021 and is still playing at the club level, recently moving from Man United to Roma. Uh, but he was with, uh, uh, with um, uh, Serbia for, uh, from 2008 and has 48 caps and two goals. So... Uh, but a big loss, a big presence in the midfield. And finally, Luka Milivojevic, uh, actually still playing at the club level for Crystal Palace, where he's been for a long time. And is just 31 years old. So actually, it was a bit of a surprise when he announced his retirement at 29 years of age, um, uh, last appearing for the team in October 2020. So he too was a starter in the... Uh, World Cup, even even though he too lost his position for uh, game three of that cup. So that's a lot of big names to go out. That's why they're a bit younger than uh, the average team. 
And uh, we move on now to the last uh, order of business, which is a prediction of the starters for the cup. So I have to go back and copy, uh, copy the list here. And we're going to highlight in green the ones who are definite starters. Oops. Uh, the ones who are definite starters. And we're going to, I've started to highlight in yellow uh, players who are maybe in a rotation of starting or who we expect to start a couple of games at least. And uh, that's kind of, uh, kind of hedging my bets, I suppose. But I should say that a lot of teams, maybe Serbia not as much as many, but a lot of teams are going with a rotation system of a couple of players rather than a defined starter with a backup, uh, with a player in the backup position. And perhaps uh, that's what's happening uh, in goal. Wait, I'll do the manager first. So Dragan Stojkovic, um, not a lot of experience as a manager, but he was a star, uh, a star player for Yugoslavia. Uh, he has become their manager since 2021, so he's a definite. Uh, as far as goalkeeper goes, what I was saying uh, there is that uh, in the Nations League game at the games at the end, they started to rotate uh, these three goalies. So we have Pedrag Radjkovic, Vanja Milinkovic-Savic, and Marko Dimitrovic as uh, three definite candidates. So they're probably the ones they'll bring to the cup. The possible candidate Marko Ilic, or even uh, Mile Svilar, uh, he's possible but unlikely, but has pretty impressive um, club affiliations, uh, maybe work their way in. But in the four Nations League games at the end, the three definite uh, candidates rotated, uh, each playing one game except for Milinkovic Savic, who played two. So that leaves us scratching our head as to who they have in mind as a starter. Perhaps the September games will uh, will shed some light. Uh, as far as defenders go, we have um, uh, we divided them into the three categories because they always go with a three-man backline. So we divided them into center central defender, left central defender, and right central defender. Well, among the center central defenders, we have uh, as definite candidates Stefan Mitrovic and Milos Velkovic. And I'm going to say um, Milos Velkovic is the uh, starter there, the most likely starter. But I do think Stefan Mitrovic will, uh, will start uh, at least one game. So again, my, my yellow highlight kind of hedging my bets on Stefan Mitrovic. Uh, for left central defender, it's uh, pretty clearly defined. There's really only one candidate uh, at a definite, uh, and he's at the definite level, and it's um, Strahinja Pavlovich uh, almost seems certain to play in that position. And um, as a right central defender, we have Nikola Milenkovic. Um, I'm going to put him as the definite because... Uh, Uro Spahic is on the injury list and it's going to be close uh, whether he makes it or not. Uh, certainly it'll be Milenkovic if Spahic is unavailable. Uh, but even if he comes back from his injury, I wonder if they would uh, risk starting Spahic. So I think his injury is going to condemn him to the substitute bench if he makes the squad at all. Okay, well, uh, left backs, um, we, we don't have any... 
real candidates because they don't use a left-back position. And uh, all of these players uh, who are coded as left-backs, their best chance of getting onto the field is as a left-winger. So nobody there. And uh, right-backs, it's, it's kind of the same uh, period. I think Milan Gadget uh, did play as a winger, a right-winger, uh, once or maybe he played uh, somewhere on the right. I remember seeing his name, but that was uh, early in the period that we're talking about. So nobody from there. Uh, defensive and central midfielders. Uh, we said in the notes that this was a bit of a mess with them using uh, all sorts of players. So I'm going to mark uh, four players as um in yellow to, 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 to denote that they will start some games. And uh, at the end, it seemed like there was a rotation going on with uh, Maximovic and Grulich uh, playing as a pair sometimes. And then the other two, Gudelj and Lukic, playing as a pair sometimes. And I think it'll be something along those lines. So likely candidate uh, Nemanja Maximovic. The other likely defensive midfielder, Uros Rasic, uh, I see as a substitute, not a starter. However, all of the likely central midfielders are the ones I've just mentioned. Marko Grusic, Nemanja Gudelj, and Sasha Lukic. Uh, I'm marking them all in yellow as kind of potential starters or players that I think will will start some games. Okay, left and right midfielders. They haven't really used a lineup that uses those positions, so we kind of moved players out of there uh, to the positions they've actually been playing. Uh, we move over to the left wing when it's a four or five-man midfield, and we find uh, Philip Kostic plays there regularly enough to be confident that he's a starter. And uh, Philip Mladenovic as a possible player to make the squad uh, would be a backup if he does make the squad. On the right, though, it seems to be a rotation um, between, uh, well, I'll start at the beginning here. We have Nemanja Radonjic as a definite candidate. That means definite to make the squad. But if he does make the squad, uh, he's a substitute. So he's been called up for a lot of games, but not uh, not being uh, started in many games. So um, we do, I'm not going to nominate him even as a possible starter based on the evidence I have. Rather, uh, Andrea Zivkovic and Darko Lazovic I'm going to nominate as sharing the starting role. Uh, for some reason, I lean a little towards uh, Zivkovic, but I can't remember my, uh, why. It's just a feeling I have. Uh, perhaps it's that he's played there uh, more recently. Okay, uh, among the forwards, uh, we include uh, left attacking, right attacking, and uh, central attacking midfielders. On the left, uh, Sergei Malinkovic Savic seems um, a definite starter. Not necessarily that he'll start on the left because he kind of moves around the pitch, even playing as a defensive midfielder sometimes. In fact, he's coded as a central midfielder. Uh, but uh, I think he's definitely going to be a starter no matter what formation they use or what position he's in. Um, on the right, uh, uh, Dusan Tadic, again, not necessarily starting as a right attacking midfielder because sometimes he played centrally, but uh, they will definitely find a place for him on the pitch. 
to play. Uh, and the central attacking midfielders is usually these two players uh, when it's a different formation. So Sergei Milankovic, uh, Sergei uh, Milinkovic Savic and Dusan Tadic uh, also playing the central midfield uh, role when the formation calls for it. And finally, uh, we have the forwards. Um, Alexander Mitrovic, definitely a starter. Uh, Dusan Vlahovic has started quite a few games, uh, but I'm going to nominate him as a sometime starter. I think he will start a couple of games. Um, and Luka Jovic, uh, barring some injury to the top two, I see him uh, as a substitute, um, you know, unless uh, something uh, uh, something is wrong with the uh, other two players. So there we go. That is our predictions on the uh, starter. So we'll wait for the cup uh, just to find out how wrong we are. Or we may find out uh, that we're desperately wrong when we look at the September games. And that will be in the uh, update podcast, which will come out in early to mid-November. And um, maybe some light will be shed on some of the things we've said here. So that brings us to the end of this podcast. So keep your eye out for that update podcast. And meanwhile, uh, keep an eye on us at Soccer Files Canada. That's Soccer Files with a PH and an S at the end. And our website is Soccer Files. Oh, I got to show the picture here, uh, the uh, graphic. the uh, And the uh, address there is at the bottom of the graphic soccerfiles.captivate.fm and uh, check the show notes because we've been trying to improve our uh, information in the show notes there are all sorts of links to previous podcasts and to the group podcasts here and uh, thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time bye bye